0: Mr Darryl Powell great to have you on Out of e league how are you doing big week for you big trip to Wembley what a way to to finish your cast career
1: oh yeah it's um it's obviously fantastic that we've got to Wembley it's um with it being my last year then it, it adds a little bit more significance but i'm oh, just looking forward to it i think you know the excitement's always there massively around around Wellbe- Wembley and it's uh, it's a big challenge for us obviously Saints are the the best team at the moment and
2: We've got to play our very best game, I think, to win on Saturday.
0: Yeah.
2: What's behind you, Daryl? Talk us through the images behind you. <laughs> so we, we, there's some history there, then. Oh yeah. Well, there's
1: <laughs> everywhere
2: you look. The so, Ch- Challenge Cup's been been
1: been awesome for for Castleford. I mean, it's ni- 1986 behind us. It started in 1935 when uh, they won the first Challenge Cup. Then 69 and 70 um, with Ardsty and Epworth, and that was a an unbelievably classy team um and yeah we sort of you know we we look at this all the time and, and want to be part
2: of that legacy and history, so there's quite a few drivers there behind us is '86? was wholelk k r one it is that right yeah was that was jamie sandy did you have you ever seen that flash? No. did you see that final no jamie sandy was he five five foot three Scored a scored a breakaway try against O'Kay. I think it broke my dad's heart. I think my dad drank about forty-eight pints of
0: Tetleys after that. He was, she <laughs> do that? <laughs> does that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, standard Thursday night. Yeah, look, we'll get we'll get stuck into a lot more detail on the on the Challenge Cup final because um, really exciting week for you, Daryl. But I want to go right back with you, uh, as we do with a lot of the the coaches and players we have on on the podcast. When when did Daryl Powell first and what was what was that moment fall in love with with rugby league?
1: Uh, yeah, well I was I was the footballer really, so I uh, through, coming through school I played more football than I did I did rugby league. I, I ended up um playing a, a game of rugby union that, that sort of got me interested in in contact sport. Um don't really see football as, as a contact sport as mm-hmm. such, but um yeah, so so then I, uh, I I didn't really start playing until um until i left school. So uh, I went to uh I played for for, for Glasshoun as, as an amateur and then went to Red Hill where um I, I bumped into a, a fellow called Walt Watts, who's um uh, Liam Watts' granddad. And he was he was a, a real smart rugby league man and he sort of he, he got me really interested in, in rugby league. Um it was I was eighteen then and I signed for uh I ended up bumping into Gary Etherington played a final down at Weldon Road and, and he he offered me a, a contract uh, to, to sign for, for Sheffield. So it, it sort of started then. I was, I was 18 years, years of age, so that's late really. I think you look at today's standards where the scholarships and, and, and young young people start playing at seven, eight years of age. For me, it was much later than that and a real late starter. And Sheffield gave me a great opportunity to to play professional rugby league. Uh, and Gary's, Gary's well, I mean, I think he was only twenty-nine when he when he set Sheffield up. So you know that was for him very young, setting a club up in a, in Sheffield. I mean, everyone was thought it was a crazy idea because uh, it's such, so full of football. But that was that was my beginning really late as uh, as a teenager, having supported Leeds United as a um, you know through all, all my team years really.
2: Would Would you have missed out? Do you think, Daryl? You know, if you'd have been in the current system, you know, the scholarship system as it is now, you know, would that have catered for somebody like you who developed so late? Uh,
1: Maybe. May um, I'm not a massive believer in, in scholarships, if, if I'm honest. As it, as it's progressed, I just think I, I do think it hurts the amateur game a little bit, and and for people like myself who who get into the game late or or develop late for whatever reason, then. There is potential that that you do miss some um, some young men who who can be really good rugby league players. So yeah, there is, there is potential in that. Do
3: you know what I find interesting? There is that um, Daryl obviously said he was a late developer, but also playing standoff. I think it's quite rare to be a late developer and playing a a decision a key decision making position. Usually, players who play six, seven, nine have have played it since a young age, and they've. They've, they've mastered the, the skill involved and they know the game inside out. But to play probably standoff your, most of your career, uh, it's quite, quite rare for you to be a late developer as well, I think.
1: Yeah, well, well I, did, I didn't play standoff initially. So, um, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think what weight I would have been then. I'd, I'd have probably been about 84 kilos when I first started playing. But I was a centre initially. Um, you get Gary Etherington actually made me captain at, at 19 and, and put me in at loose forward. Uh, to get my hands on the ball a little bit more, I was always pretty aggressive and 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 liked to get involved in in the middle. And it was more playing at 13 that that sort of got me really interested in um, in the game and and the way it was played in different. And I think I've been fortunate to play in different positions. So at 19 years of age, I was I was made captain and I was playing at 13. Uh, and and then it wasn't till sort of later in my career that I started to play more. More six. Um, so I was, I was late. I think it's similar to Gary Goldfield. I mean, Gary Schofield, I mean, he was, he was an international player when I was still making my way in the second division, but he, he played a lot at centre and then ended up developing as a really good good standoff. So um, I think it helps, I really think it helps coaches to play in, in different positions because if you, if you play one position all, all your career, how do you understand the different elements of, of performance and skill sets that are needed, mentalities that are needed? For me being able to play in the middle, which I did later on in my career at Leeds as well, I think really helped me to to understand the game as, as a whole across so many different positions.
0: Your, your first experience, Daryl, of coaching was when you were at Keithley Cougars, um, which was sort of in the late 90s when you were st- obviously still playing and you were, were a player coach. By the way, Keithley Cougars fan of Keithley Cougars recently yeah. Alistair Campbell did you know that Alistair Campbell was probably on the terraces cheering you on back in the, <laughs> in the box. that was during it's the player in the corporate, era in the
2: corporate from <laughs> number, from
0: number 10 up to the, the terraces at the Cougars but um, what were those days like Daryl when you were a, a player coach then and how different do you think you are now as a coach from that 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 kid essentially starting out as a player coach
1: uh, yeah, yeah, massively. Um, I had a great time at Keithley. I just, just what an awesome club. Um, I, I actually signed there on a, April Fool's Day. Um, <laughs> well, it was bizarre, really. So it was around the time when Super League was first coming in. And I, uh, I was at Sheffield Eagles and I'd, I'd been there 11 years and I was ready for a new challenge. And uh, they offered me a contract, but I had to sign on April the 1st to be eligible for the, for the Premiership playoffs. Um, so I signed on April Fool's Day. I think it was three days later. Super League came in. Um, Keithley didn't get promoted, uh, and I ended up stuck uh, in, in the second division. It was like it was unbelievable how it all happened, and uh, and I didn't get a loyalty bonus. They were getting the players were <laughs> so getting loyalty bonuses everywhere. <laughs> And I ended up in the second division and I didn't get a loyalty you, bonus, you but I had an awesome time. You're not bitter about that, <laughs> Oh, no, bonus. no, because, because I met, I, I mean, I actually went down to uh, to Wembley with the, the Keithley players uh, uh, the, a couple of years back, and he's just, they were just awesome people. And he was such a, a full Larder as a coach, it was a, a great environment, the players were fantastic, and I had a, I had a wonderful time there. Um, and then, and then later on, uh, obviously, I, I got my first uh, coaching opportunity as, as player coach myself, and Simon Irving, um, and yeah, it was it was a great experience. Um, we had, we had to beat Halifax in the in the Challenge Cup, were in the First Division at the time, as it as it was then, and um, yeah, it was good. And look, you you evolve, don't you, massively as a uh, as a coach as you do as a player, and then you do as a coach, and it's the game's so different now. I mean, I look back o- over time and see. And watch the game when i played and i wonder what it'd be like to, to coach me i, I think i i don't think i'd enjoy being coached by me i'd get a <laughs> bit of stick i think but um yeah the game was so different and and as a coach you you, you know I, even the time where i spent in rugby union where i'd come out of uh of rugby league to coach rugby union i think Heath that tikes, was for three yeah. years yeah and when i went back into into rugby league you're like going wow the game has evolved so much in three years and and it's continuing to do all that now with with some of the rule changes. So yeah, yeah, you have to, you just have to evolve and and and, and change yourself on a regular basis. I think
0: I, I often ask coaches this, and it's they they find it a really hard question to answer. Um, I don't know why, but, but I'll ask you, and we'll see how we get on with it. How do you describe yourself as as a coach, and what are the big the, the sort of the big yeses and the big noes for Daryl Powell?
1: Uh. Oh well, well. Look, I like a good culture. I think you know. I think your workplace should be. Uh, it it should be interesting, uh, exciting. You you should be stimulated, um you should look forward to coming here. There should be some fun in there. But there also needs to be intensity and and focus and and, and discipline as well. So, um, don't turn up late. Uh, don't don't come in 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 kit that doesn't belong to to us as a as a club I think that all, all those discipline things uh, are important um i want I want people to come and and learn and grow and and I want people to believe in in what we stand for so you know giving players a, a purpose which I always believe in um and and then i want players to just grab hold of it and go with it and um and be a team, be a really strong, believe in what, what we're doing as a, as a team. I think all of those things are really important to me.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's a really interesting conversation we to have with you uh, in a, well, a few minutes down the line, because when you came to Cass, that was one of your biggest challenges, wasn't it? Of changing the culture and changing that relationship with the supporters and, and the club, which you've obviously managed to do in those 11 years that you, you've been there. But just rewinding before Cass, when you... Went to Leeds and got the Leeds job. Obviously, a massive, massive job, and that was you know you on on the map at a huge club like the Leeds Rhinos. Uh, you've said in hindsight that that came too soon in your coaching career. Just elaborate on that bit for us, Darryl.
1: Uh Yeah, well, I'd been retired for three months, um, so I didn't, I didn't think that was a. A great apprenticeship, to be honest. Um, and I, I, I was doing the youth development job, and I was just getting my teeth into that. And I was coaching uh, people like Rob Burrow and Danny Maguire, uh, Ryan Bailey, Matt Diskin, Matt Coldwood. You, know, you all gave those, those debuts out, didn't you,
0: to those those boys, those those guys who came on to became become stars? Yeah,
1: yeah, to a few of them. and I mean, they were easy debuts. I mean, there <laughs> were such class young young players. And, uh, yeah, it was it was easy that so. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. I mean, I actually got a knock on my um on window at half past ten at night. Uh, and it was it was Gary Edritton uh um, so we'll with yeah <laughs> chasing me everywhere. Um, so so I uh so I let him in and he says, I, I want you to be a coach. I said, Absolutely no way. I just don't think I'm I'm ready at all. Um and he and he went and um and, and and my wife Janice said to me, What why did you do it? I said, It's just too soon. I said, got oh, three months, i just out of playing, And I had a relationship with all those players who were still playing, which is, you know, obviously going to be one of the most difficult things. Um, so then uh, the next day he came again and knocked on my door. I think it was a similar time, about <laughs> half past 10 at night. It's not right, that. No, it's not weird, right. It. It's no, not I, right. Know, I know. I, I never told him where I lived after that. I thought... <laughs> we'll know if the doorbell so goes I, in um... the next 10 minutes,
0: who so it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So I... Um... I ended up I, I accepting the, the the job, and uh, look, it was a steep learning curve. I remember walking into training, thinking, "Wow, this is this is a bit scary." This um, you felt out well, of your depth. Well, it, 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 I'm going and coaching players that I'd, I'd played with, and and I had friendship. You know, you always have some players who you're a little bit closer to it in in a group. That's just the way it is. That's the way life is, and so. You know, you have to dispel any sort of idea that you're going to be, you're going to have favourites. You know, you have to be fair with everybody. So you know, that was always going to create a little bit of difficulty. And um, you know, I hadn't had a great initiation as a as a coach. I had that experience at Keithley, but you know, I didn't think I still thought it was too early. But look, I got I got stuck into it, and you know, there was a similar thing there. I think that the culture had slipped a little bit. And um, Graham Murray, um. I, he'd been unbelievable, I, thought, I just thought he was a, just a class man and a class manager and coach and he'd gone and Dean Lance had come in and it slipped a little bit and I don't, it wasn't all Dean's fault, I thought that the playing group sort of lost it lost its respect for, for some of the things that we should have stood for and I thought that that needed changing straight away and, and the young players were, were a part of that and um, it, it was always going to take, take some time to to turn that around uh, but yeah, it was yeah, it was it was tough. It was it was a uh, uh, two and a half years. I did the job, and and, and there were some tough things in
0: there. Was that your most challenging time when you look back and look? You're still a baby in coaching years, aren't you? At 55, when you think that someone like Wayne Bennett's in his 70s and still going, you're, you're probably going down that same route. But do you think that when you think about adversity you've had in your career, that was was one of the biggest challenges? Because essentially, I mean, may tell me if I'm wrong, but from the outside, you had to after Leeds go and and rebuild yourself, and you went to Featherstone and you had some amazing times there, and and got them up, you know, from the championship and well, had, had an incredible um, set of memories there. But was that a time where you had to just go and readjust and reset and think, how am I going to get to the top level consistently?
1: Yeah, it, so it, it, after a couple of years, um, I mean, there are a couple of different things that happened in there. But um, Gary offered me the opportunity to uh, to become sort of a, a, a director of rugby almost and, and, and go and look around at different environments. Uh, and study coaching um and the, the part of that was a four-year contract which you know people think I got the sack but that didn't actually happen I, so i i was given a four-year contract two years tony smith would take over and i would come out of coaching and i would go i went to england ruby Union, for example i went over to australia and went around numerous clubs and i had a look at, at what they were doing and then i had a two-year contract to go back in as head coach um but what happened in the first year is that, i mean my last year is uh, we, we got to the Challenge Cup final, lost by two points to Bradford, and then we were one game away from from the grand final. So it was it was a pretty good year, but the year after, they, they won the comp. So then what uh, Gary did, he extended Tony's contract by uh, another year and then extended mine by another year. But that meant I wouldn't be coaching for another year. And I just didn't really want to do that. I just felt it was too long out of coaching. So that's when I went to, to Rugby Union. Um, and yeah, it took a, it took a while then, but I do think the championship is a an outstanding breeding ground for for young cultures, young British cultures. Um, and Featherstone was fantastic. I again another place that I had I had an unbelievably good time and enjoyed so many good memories. And and again, changing and building a culture, which just cause that's one of the most important things as a coach can do. If you build a, a strong culture that everybody believes in, then that's the foundation that everything comes from. And I had a good opportunity to do that uh, well, then at Leeds and then at Featherstone. And then obviously it just gave me so much belief that I could then do it at Castleford. Daryl, you
3: just touched on a bit earlier, but um, you went into different clubs, different organisations to, to get a bit of inspiration and knowledge from. Has, has there been any teams or coaches that have particularly impressed you and you've, you've used some of their philosophies into your own coaching career?
1: Um, I, I, don't. I, when I went to to Australia, so I went around quite quite a few clubs. So I didn't really spend enough time in in any. If I had my time again, I would spend maybe a couple of weeks in, in an organisation to really get uh, under the, um, the the skin of it and and, and see the detail and uh, be in all the meetings. But that that didn't re- really happen. I think. Yeah, I got I got some good things from from england rugby union when i went down down there and, and watched them and it was just after they'd won the world cup in in 2003 and there were some really good things that they were doing from a leadership perspective and and, and some of the real detail that uh clive woodward had, had looked at so so that i found that re- really interesting um but i don't i i think more the more the coaches that that I've, I've i've been fortunate enough to uh to play to play under people like like graham murray and and malcolm really was was a great inspiration, Gary Etherton did things a little bit different, and his his ability to think outside the box I always thought was was something that that was pretty pretty special and and he did some amazing in things but i don 't think any real club i don 't think I spend enough time at, at a club i don 't think we have been out of the game long enough to spend enough time at a club for long enough to pick up um, too much from that regard
0: so after uh, Featherston because obviously with, with Featherston at the time you'd had some some great seasons, but actually never got promoted because of the licensing system that was in place at the time, wasn't it? But then you ended up in your last season having an unbelievable victory over the team that you were about to join, Cass in the in the Challenge Cup. So you arrive at uh, Castleford and you get this this contract, and this is a club that what from your teenage years you used to watch on on the terraces, a local boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I yeah all the all the way through my teenage years um, i used to come and watch well, i'd come i came and watched reserve games uh, as well so i, I was um I was massive into Cassie was going and away uh so yeah that that was you know for me to get the coaching job was it was it was the re- the only job that i really wanted to do after Featherstone at, at that time you know i just felt like there was there was so much that could be could be changed here and i could see that the yeah i th- i always felt like it was an easy fix to be honest and um, thought the culture needed changing yeah, you knew that if you can grab hold of of the uh, the fans by the way that the games played at, at the club then you knew you know it's a classic cast has always been the the way that uh, this club's been known as and and i felt that I'd, that had been lost a little bit and and it needed to be to be grabbed back so you know i I, I just thought it was the ideal opportunity for me to, to, to step up and, and prove that I could I could do the job consistently well at, at this level.
0: Just tell us a bit more about that, because I'm really interested in, you know, you said it was an easy fix. And obviously you cited this there, that that connection with the fans and the relationship with you being one, obviously it was an easier fix because you knew the club inside out from from, from you know watching them for so many years. But what, what was the first sort of point where you thought something needs to change?
1: Uh, no, straight away really. So I think, you know, you, you've got to give, you've got to give a group of people a motivating purpose haven't you as well. Why, why are they doing something? So, and, and that, they can be small things. They can be broken down over months, uh, weeks and months, but then it's well, what, what do you actually want to achieve? So I tried to do that straight away and obviously look, this is, this is the way we behave. This is the way I, I think we need to, to go about our work. Um, and then make sure that you 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 walk the walk almost. You've got to live by the standards and make sure that you you drive those on a on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, and then it's well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? What do we want to achieve? And it, you, you could see that you you know pretty much you, you you're not going to get everybody all at once. So then it's about building relationships and. And getting people to believe in, in in what you're doing and and I think that turned around pretty quickly. you know we were able to sort of make progress in in two thousand and thirteen and then 2014 was it was a breakout year where you, all, all the little stories that you tell about where we can get to um started to come to fruition I and mean, when we got to Wembley and lost to Leeds, didn't really play as well as we, we could have done, and we were one game away from a um a league leaders' shield. we went away to Catalan and we, we were a bit busted really we you know, Challenge Cup final takes a fair bit out here in terms of you, the back end of the season because you don't get any rests anywhere. Um, but it was an awesome season. I think that everybody believed that we were going places and we could be a consistent top top four team, which had been pie in the sky really. So it, it was about all those little stories that that helped us to to get where where we needed to, and it was about relationships and signing players that that were my kind of players, you know, and I. I think i've been criticized every single year for the signings that i've made at castleford um but we've ended up you know getting the best out of those players and uh, and being being consistently in in the top four top five uh playoffs so you know all those little stories and those motivating purposes that you're aiming for are really important i think
2: belief belief such an interesting one for me in sport because you know for daryl going into castleford you know had a Sort of tricky period in the club's history to go in and then get a group of men to you know you set some lofty ambitions. Let's say, You say we want to win the Challenge Cup, we want to be in the top four or five in the league. Or, um, but getting guys to believe it is 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 maybe one of the biggest challenges, Darrell, right? To get people aligned with the vision that you had for the club.
1: Yeah, I think you know, and 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 winning something and and helping people to get better, it needs them to 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 buy in and. It's it's about um, helping them to achieve that their, their potential and you know that's there's some players who you, you you know they're not quite there yet but you know they can play international football. Um, other players, it's it's just about being the very best that they can be. Like because I always felt myself that I was never physically gifted. I wasn't really fast. Uh, you know I I don't think I ever got above you know ninety ninety kilos. Um, but I wanted to to play to my, the very best of my ability every every time I took the field and every time I came to training, and I think that's something that we we try and get at the club is that you know I try and it, some players are self motivated, others need a little bit of push, and it's you understanding them and, and that relationship that you've got with them that's that's so important. So all those small developments, small improvements, because they improve by four or five percent, end up making the team. So much greater than the sum of its parts, and I think that's what has been our greatest success. players have, have come here who, 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 you know, there might have been one other club wanting to sign them, but none of the top teams are are wanting to sign them. And I think we've helped them to grow to be the very best that they can be. And and the, for me, that's that's coaching. I think that's what it's it's all about. Obviously, it's about success and winning things. And I I always, I've always believed I've been a, been a winner in everything that I've I've done. Um, you don't
0: always win the top top prize but um
1: I, I think that's been our big success
0: is that is that a kind of moneyball approach that when you talk about the players that you you've signed and obviously you know you, you you've not been competing with the other top clubs for 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 those players because they haven't been interested but you've as you said earlier got the best and stretched the most out of those those players potential do, do, you, do how much analysis is done with with their sort of you know, what you see is their future potential when you're looking at these guys to, to bring them in.
1: Yeah, we, we, yeah, we do a lot of work on, on that. Um, and, and I think, you know, he's, he's coach's eye, isn't it on, in terms of, I mean, we, we signed, I'll, I'll give you an example, Dennis Solomona, who, you know, watched him play at London and I just thought he was incredibly lazy and, and, and then he came, he came training at the the first fitness session, I was like, wow. Yeah, I was I was right. He is incredibly lazy, <laughs> uh, but but what he was was he was a physical specimen, who you knew could do special things if if you could get under his skin and get him uh, doing doing the right sort of things. And I will prove right then. I'm disappointed he didn't stay at the club longer. But um, I think Mike Mcmakin was another one. He came. He was 92 kilos when it when he came. We signed him from London. Is what is he 100, 112 now? He's you know, he's playing fantastic. And I think it's so it's all those little things of. of where are the where are the diamonds in in the rough and um you know alex foster came to us and and he was you know he was really really struggling but you know he he ended up he loved the environment and he just, he just grew on this then there's, there's numerous i mean i think paul mcshane was he was going to go part-time um before he, he he came to us and you know what a, what a fantastic player he he uh, has been and and still is so yeah i think it's the coach's eye and all that, that that's so important
2: yeah, and as well, yeah. I think I don't think there's been a coaching Super League that has developed players more than what Daryl has, You know, in, in in terms of bringing on those individual stories, Daryl, there's four or five. You know, like really standout stories. You know, from you know nothing to then being international players. That 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 um well, I think three that man
3: Ste- three man of steals. Yeah, maybe.
2: that individual it's development exactly of players really well. comes through from from your period at Castleford, Daryl. You know, there's some some really standout developments of, of individual players. You know, how, how much do you, you know, look into the psychology of working with those guys? And you, you know, you say about, them, you know, get, finding a nugget to motivate them. How much, you know, psychology is there in that? How much detail goes into your thought process?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's not just just me either. So, that you know, there's, um, obviously Danny, I was here a, a fair while, and Ryan Sheridan said, he's a smart dude. So, you know, we're always talking and debating uh, Steve Mills our, our analysis guy he's got a real good you know thought process around the game. But yeah, and and again it's I've spoke about his it, relationships isn't it it's it's understanding players and you don't get it right all the time. You can't get everybody but I, I think it is that understanding a player how he ticks um how how do you push his buttons and some players you don't have to too much you know people like Michael Shenton Grant Millington I, I think Paul McShane, Now you know the they're self-driven. Um, you, you might help them a little bit technically here and there, but um, it's knowing the players that you need to you need to get after and um, or put an arm round, or you know they, they need driving. And I, I just think it's all relationships. Coaching so much about, about relationships, whether it's individually or it's
0: it's the team it, itself. It's um, it, it's how do you make all that work? And and it seems from the outside as well that there's a big part of that motivation is proving people wrong. You know whether you had that in your career and your playing days or your coaching early coaching days, that you know you. you I don't know; it's not all down to you. It's down to the player. They've got to put in more than half, probably. Um, but but you have this ability to 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 motivate people to 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 prove people that that they've still got more to give and turning people into man of steals. I mean, who would have thought? You guys wouldn't have thought Paul McShane would have been a, a man of steel, would you? Yeah,
1: I, I you know I think sometimes it's it's proving them wrong. You know, because yeah, you get, you, know, you get your head stuck in yeah. in terms of where where you are, and it's actually well, you can you can do this. You know, you. The, so I look at I look at Liam Watson, think he should be an international player. You know, and he's he, he's slowly getting back back towards that. But I always thought Paul McShane should be an international player. Luke Gale. I was I was after him massively. You know, and. It took him a while. He was a sort of a late bloomer, Gailey. Uh, he came here and, and, and really grew. And it's, it's massively about the player. You know, Coaching's about, it's just helping players, isn't it, to just grow, your know, one, two, three percents. So, you know, they've, they've got to do it. They've got to get out there and put the body on the line and they've got to go out and practice religiously on, on the things that they want to get better at. Um, so, yeah, but I, I mean, I keep going back to it. It's just the relationships with, with players and giving them a reason, giving them a reason why. Um and just yeah, just getting them to. It, and I, I hear players a lot talking about you know I want to prove people wrong. Uh, I was always like like that to be honest. I mean I remember Steve O used to used to give me hard time all the time when I was playing international football. And I was playing the centres for, for Great Britain, and he was always saying I shouldn't have been playing. <laughs> Uh, and that was used to wind right? me up and right? drive me to me. <laughs> He probably was, <laughs> yeah. but Yeah, but the coach picked me, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he, yeah. you know, I won't bother about it. what he was thinking. is what the coach was thinking. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Look, you boys have both been to, to, to Cass many times to play against different Daryl Powell teams that he's evolved over those 10, 11 years he's been there. What are those experiences like when you rock up at the it's, jungle? It's my, my favourite ground,
3: actually, to play up.
0: I, I loved it because it, the,
3: the the crowd's on top of you. It's, it's, it's the distance between the the, the touchline and the fencing is like a meter, mm-hmm. so you feel a great atmosphere. It's always partisan, and I thought I think it's it's a good team to play against, Cast, because they, they all like you say, you you throw the ball around quite a bit, and, and you're classy, and you and you try and play it in the right way. But um, I think they're quite an industrious team as well in terms of the they work. Re- your teams have always worked really hard for each other, haven't you? Your middles. Are always the showiest, but they'll they'll graft for each other, and there's and that, that culture and that ethos
2: they've got in the team is is something that's that's really hard to beat. I think. Could it be
0: an intimidating place, Will to go? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I I love it because it's short field. You know, you're always in good ball, so you're always playing a bit. It always feels like you're playing a bit at Cass Oh, that's dinner you know, jacket. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, we I used to enjoy. Uh, we've had some great games there. I mean, that that last minute semi final, um, which was a great game. You know, where Luke Gill kicks the the drop goal. Ryan Morgan. Oh yeah, I'm never <laughs> forgiven Ryan Morgan. So he obstructed, he obstructed Michael Shenton. No need. Ben Barber had the ball in his hands. Ben Barber's gone. Yeah. And Ryan Morgan. That that cost us, Daryl. That cost us. <laughs> but you're not with your, your well, well,
1: Yeah. Well, that that was that was the game where my my wife uh, Janice was crying in in, in the stand. Um, yeah. You know, because it looked like uh, Saints were gonna gonna win the the game. It was funny because I, I just straight after that I went on um, uh, Dave Howe's tour to Australia and we went on a boat boat trip um, and and Paul Langmack who used to play for Australia and um, he, he pulled me and says oh Donald Paul, Powell says uh, it's been um, been great watching your your team uh, this year and Janice was stood at the side of me he says hang on a minute is this your wife. I said, yeah, yeah, He pushed me out of the way and said, I couldn't believe it when you were crying on television. It was, just, <laughs> he was so intense to watch. He just, yeah, just got rid of me. I was he like, got, oh, fair so <laughs>
0: done, get out of here, Darryl. I left it to it. <laughs> and, they've, and they've been together ever since. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, uh, something I picked up on you saying about 20 minutes ago, Darryl, was, which I found was quite interesting, was uh, you said that you can be at a club and um, you, you can need a new challenge and and obviously we all know you're off to to Warrington uh for next season which is going to be f- interesting for you isn't it because you've been at CAS so long and you're having to take everything you've built as a coach over over to Warrington and 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 go through a whole other culture change and do everything that you did 10 12 years ago um but do you think as a coach that you can that ideas can get stale that you you, know, you do need to move after a, a period of time because it's it's been a hell of a long time there uh
1: yeah i think you need to you need to know when when the time is, and um, you know, I think I I think I did I was right at Featherstone. I think I think I've been right at, at Castleford. I think there's only so so long. I mean, there there are uh, there are coaches that have that have booked that trend. Obviously, uh, Wayne Bennett did it in, in rugby league. And Craig Bellamy's done it. He's been unbelievable at, at Melbourne, and there's there's examples in football. But I do think you know everybody's different, aren't they? Every person's different, and not not everybody can can stay at a club for, for that that long. And I think for me, I, I just got a sense I mean I had another year left of my contract and I tried to give the club the, the very best possible chance to um to replace me with with the right man. And and I just felt I, I, I just I just wanted freshening up. I think the club needed it and I think I needed something that was, that was just gonna drive me a little bit not, not not that I'm not driven this year but I just felt it was the right time. Um and that's why this year I just want to enjoy this year, which is pretty difficult with Covid at the moment but um yeah and i i do I do think you can be at a place too long and I've always believed that i i know i know i know when it was the right time to finish as a player, and I think I do as a as a
2: coach when to when to move on and and I don't think this is a perfect time it's a different challenge Warrington, Daryl isn't it a different challenge you know they've Obviously, resourced up. You know, certainly in terms of the the the, the playing roster, have, have invested heavily in that, and it's almost a different challenge, Daryl, that, isn't it? Because you've been working those, you know, working at the rough edges, you know, making diamonds out of out of coal or whatever. Whereas, you know, at Warrington, you know, that you've got a, a pretty established and experienced squad there. Uh,
1: yeah, and uh, but everybody's got improvement in a not they? I think. You know, and again, it's just getting in there and and putting your your mark on on something. Um, and you know, you don't really know until you get in there. Uh, what what the what the culture's like, you know. Um, they're obviously you know they they're doing really well this year. They they're really tough, tough to beat. But look for me, I I just want to get in and uh once I finished this uh, this big challenge th- this year, you get in and see what everything's about, and you you put your own mark on on things and. And then you take it from there. Um, so, so yeah, but obviously big challenges, wherever you go, there's big challenges in different ways. And, and that's the beauty of it, you know, being able to take on a different challenge. I don't, don't think, you know, I've obviously been at, at Leeds and that was a, a, a huge challenge as we've, we've already spoke about. And this this is just a, another one and another chapter after what, what's been a, an, an awesome time at, at Castleford.
2: Well, how much of that that opening period are you, are you looking and listening? You know, I'm I'm interested in Daryl Powell's like first week, or you know, in the presidency in the US to do the first 100 days, don't they? Like, what what would your activity be, Daryl, in that first in that first instance of getting in?
1: Well, relationships, you know, it's people, it's finding out about the individuals and where they're at, and I think. It, you know, for me is you don't you don't go in with a with a sledgehammer anywhere. I think it's, it's you go in and you find out what's good, what are your best things, what do you think needs to improve, and they'll know, you know, players will know us better, better than anybody. They're they're in there. So so yeah, that for me that's it. It's find out about the people, where they're at, what they're doing, what um what what do they need, what do they need the most, and then it's, it's take it from there. So you, you won't find a sledgehammer from me. It's gonna be it's more about uh, the, the relationship side of it, first of all, as individuals, and then it's about the the group and how it, how it works together.
0: Does that excite you, the idea of building those new relationships? Because when you've been at a club like Casford for over a decade, you know everyone from the person washing the kits to, you know, you know their psyche. You know what makes everyone at that club tick, including obviously all the playing staff as well. And you've got to essentially start all of that again. I mean, that's quite an exhausting process.
1: Yeah, well, it is, but I, I it's, it's something that I, I say to my my girls all all the time is you, you have to go into uncomfortable situations. You have to be comfortable doing that. I think it's really important that you don't back away from from that. Otherwise, you'd never you just want to feel comfortable all the time. So, so I, I don't worry about that at all. You know, about going anywhere and just talking to to people. You know, no, no people, new relationships. And that's quite exciting finding out about people and then seeing where. Where their there for percent are in terms of, of development and yeah that i do find that really exciting and and that's why new challenges are are so invigorating and and, and take you potentially they take you to to another level because you're you're striving to be even better every time
0: well every time you come into work
1: you're striving to be better everything you do so yeah you know, but then, but then this, i guess at the
0: same time daryl it's like you know you, you 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 took your time to to build you as a coach at Cass and build those relationships. And you're going to have to do that at, at Warrington. But obviously you're at a big club and you're going to be under immediate scrutiny for, as you know, in a results-based business at, at, a, at a top club like Warrington. And it's got to click straight away. It's got to click quick, isn't it? Yeah. Well
1: You, you know, the, you can't do it without without getting everybody together and understanding what, what they're about. So, you know, the way that the the game's played, then, you know, Oh, that's gonna to need to be pieced together pretty pretty quickly but you know i've got experience of of doing that um as a coaching team you know we've got experience of doing that so i don't i don't see that as as being a a major problem um you've got a a season to to embed all those those things and you know the Pretty good
0: players, these these boys. You know, you, yeah, they, they can oh, play the one, game. You know, right. <laughs> jeez. No. It's, it's a, it's a, I find it's a, it's a weird dynamic in rugby league because obviously you don't you don't get it in other sports where, or you know, for for months obviously we've known about you going to Warrington and, and you know with players when a, when a top player signs in the NRL, but they've still got twenty odd games to play for their club. You know, you don't get that in football. In football, it's the case of when the summer suddenly, oh, he's going to join here, and it's been kept reasonably quiet. Whereas, you know, for you, you've known you've le- you've been leaving Cast for for a while, despite all the success you've had there, and still having it to give it this one mass uh, massive push, and you know, with Wembley on the horizon and everything as well. It's 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 quite strange, I imagine.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I tell you, what was strange. Is when fans came back in, um, and and because and you know, I'm sort of. I'm not on social media, so I don't know what, what people say. I'm um, not bothered about that. Um, but then you co- you come back in, and, and and you know I'm leaving, and I'm like I don't know how people are gonna gonna take <laughs> take this. So yeah. so it ended up being uh, really I- intriguing. And and then uh, I think my first game was was down here, um, and then the second game was at Warrington with fans back in. So you saw as saw it law, like when we drew him in the. In the challenge cup semi-final you know you just think i know that's going to happen i know it's going to happen and <laughs> that, that that's that's been reasonably un- uncomfortable but i think it's got past that now i think it's got to the point where look we do, we're just cracking on you know that i believe in this place and i love this place and i'm not going to do anything that's going to, going to hurt it i just want to i want to leave castleford in the best possible place and then i, I want to you know really rip into to the new challenge that, that i've got ahead of me and um and and yeah they both both are, are really exciting there must be sadness though to leave
0: after all that time
1: oh yeah i'll be i'll be crying my eyes out uh 100% yeah you know, i know i don't get that emotional that that often but you know leaving here is going to be one of those times where it's going to be a real wrench and there's some players leaving as well that um have been here longer than me so the, yeah, the end of the season there's so much motivation to do to do well. Um we're gonna to have to crack on after this challenge cup in the league because we we're losing ground. But um yeah, there's a lot of motivation and, and it'll be it will be a wrench 100 percent It's gonna be difficult. Um you can't be at a place uh, as long as I've been and, and not, you know, not be really gutted to to leave emotionally.
0: I I loved um Carl Fitzpatrick's quote, obviously Warrington CEO talking about recruitment with you uh, essentially which you need to be a part of even though you're at another club for, for 2022 and he says it was like felt like cheating on his wife while Steve Price was still there <laughs> Yeah, difficult situation
1: well, well but, yeah for both, both it is isn't it so you know I had a chat with Steve soon after I mean he'd, he made the decision to to leave I'd made the decision to, li- to leave here there was nothing underhand there by the way you know I was um I, I I mean I needed a job. I'd i I'd said, look, I'm I'm leaving at the end of the year and and you know, I'm saying to my wife, I'll I'll be all right, I'll get a job. And she's saying, Well you need you need to, don't you? So um yeah, so it, yeah, it was interesting. It's an interesting d- dynamic, obviously, and we've we've played them um we've played them a couple of times now already and um three times already, and we've got them the last game of the season. Um so see so yeah, I it, it's just interesting, isn't it? But I look I i think all that's gone now. I think, you know, they're they're cracking on and doing doing pretty well on, on under Steve and and we're in a final on, on Saturday and um, things that like, things like this happen all the time. I don't know why people jump up and down too much, you know. It's you know, people leave clubs and join clubs and coaches move on every single year. There's there's hardly ever any year where a squad is is the same you know, people, players move on, they retire or they, they join different clubs and you're always evolving and, and building a, a new team. And um, yeah, I don't know why people get so under the collar, just 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 crack on.
2: Yeah, it's part of the, the sort of the narrative about cast this year, though, is that the end of your sort of tenure as coach, the, a lot of senior players re- retiring and, and, you know, as a, as a coach, like storytelling's important, isn't it? Building a, a reason maybe why. There's quite a lot of powerful reasons why you know, you should do well this weekend.
1: Yeah, and, and we did we did that quite a lot for the, for the semi-final because that, that was obviously a, a, a massive game. Um, and we got pumped by Leeds the, the week before. Um, and, and the boys were, there were a couple of boys kicking off in the changing and saying, we can't brush this under carpet. I said, fellas, if we, if we win next week, you can f- forget about this game. And that's exactly what happened. So I said, oh, we are moving on. We are moving on to Warrington, and that's and that's what we did. And there were some real good stories there. There were some some guys just crying their eyes out in in the in the team meeting because we were we were talking from from the heart. You know, they're talking. You know, there were quite a few players who 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 weren't going to be here next next year, and we were building this around around legacy and and what we want to leave, and and all those emotions and all those stories from from the floor from players who. Um, who are going to be out there and and, and give, giving everything. That that was so emotive, and and then we've got obviously the opportunity as a result of what we did in the semi final. We've we've got an opportunity to 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 go. You know we we know we're facing the the best team in the comp at the moment, but you know we know our best game is is a challenge for anybody, and and that's that's what we've got to do this week. And like you said, there are so many reasons for us to do that. Um, I'm I'm one of them, but there's there's so many more than than me. Um, and so, it, yeah, he'll be there on on Saturday, one hundred percent. You know the the spirit and and the drive, and it's all about our game and and how well we can play.
3: It can be incredibly powerful that when you, you kind of before a big game, I've I've had it a couple of times where you you, you talk amongst a playing group on the reasons why, and it, and it, it, when Daryl said earlier about relationships, I think when you you can play against or play with somebody and train with them every day, but you don't always know that reason why, and I think in a big match knowing why that guy next to you is doing what they're doing and get and learning about it is is incredibly powerful because it just makes you go that little what, extra little percent that that can
2: win a match the the timing of it's really important though you yeah. know I, I think you know really i think looking back on my career like really smart use of those emotional like triggers um was you know i was really powerful i, I felt sometimes they were overused you know like you can do it too much can't you the old heart you know like the really heartfelt like desire to win stuff and I think um it's Brian McDermott when we were at Toronto he held a team meeting and it was maybe 10 days out from a big game and I, I felt strange at the time you know we had a game in between but he held this meeting and it was all the emotional stuff you know families sending messages and all that but so sort of managing that emotion in a week like this week Daryl's huge isn't it getting that right
1: yeah, <clears throat> well, you don't want it too close to the game, do you? you see, blokes will be running out on the field, do you, you want it to rip people's heads off? So you, <laughs> you know, you, you, you've got to, You've got to keep a, a, a lid on it. But yeah, I think there's there's just there's a couple of different stories that maybe are not quite as emotional, but still still mean mean something. So uh, there's some of them. There's some connections to the to the history that that you can use. That, that again, they're not emotion, but they are ties and they are drivers. So yeah, I think get getting the getting the balance right is is really important and you know, we'll try our best to to do that. We haven't done anything today. Today's been pretty low key. We'll start to to build it up from from Wednesday and then um, and then we'll travel down Thursday. So yeah, this you're yeah, exactly right. You you've gotta you've gotta get those uh, in the right place.
0: And obviously with all the you know, the COVID protocols and stuff, quite rightly you've stayed away from us today and you you which is the, the the right thing to do, the safe thing to do. But I mean it's crazy at the moment, isn't it, with we we talked to, him, to Ian Bleas recently about this and COVID protocols at Super League clubs compared to the way it's run in the Premier League and just the finances behind the whole thing. It, it, in that sense, you throw in COVID, you throw in the emotion of, of you not far from leaving. This week has been a a, a sort of a quite, well, an emotional one, but a, a crazy one, isn't it? In the build up to Wembley.
1: Well, the last few weeks have really, I mean, we've, we haven't played much, much football really because we've, you know, we had a game called off uh, a couple of weeks back against St. Helens. Then we were supposed to play on Tuesday, and that got called off. And then, you know, I I decided to put the a, the a, a bunch of young bucks out there yesterday, uh, which was awesome. Actually, I saw you know some of the some of the young young players' performance uh, under a fair bit of pressure was was great. Uh, but it's so difficult at the moment. You are one hundred percent right. It's so difficult that you you're getting tested all the time. You've got mass on in meetings um you know and the country's just about to, to release the uh, the pressure valve a little bit but, but we we're, we're not because if we do then games get called off so yeah it's, it's awkward but we have we have got to put that to one side this week not the way we deal with it but it, mentally we've got to just forget about all of that and, and and really drive forward with with the way we want to play the game and
0: and not be distracted by anything and look, you won't you won't want to make this this about you. With obviously, there is still so much time in the regular season to go as well before you eventually leave, Cast and head to, to Warrington. But what would that mean for you in your in your final season? To if you could pull one over Saints.
1: Oh, look, it'd just be incredible. I think, um, you know, there is only two competitions in in Rebel league. and obviously there is a league leaders uh, shield, but yeah, you know, this is this is the first one up, and we we're, we're here with an opportunity. Um, you know, I don't think many people give it, give us a chance to think St. Ellen's are flying, but, you know, that just gives us, gives a little bit more uh, to be honest, in terms of drive for me, it'd be absolutely awesome. You know, I'd, it'd be the one of the best feelings in, in the world for me to be able to, uh, to do, to do this, it's, you know, the, it's an iconic uh, tournament, at, at an iconic venue, um, and the the club has got such a rich history. You know, four-time winners of, of the Challenge Cup. So for us to, to put our indelible mark on, on that history would, would, be, uh, it would be awesome.
0: Yeah, it would be a slightly different atmosphere. They? They're probably still cleaning the place up after all the mess from that that final hit. I I don't think there'll be people sticking flares up their arseholes in um, Leicester Square Will you never know
2: know. Cass you must (laughs) see an (laughs) uh, an orange flare going off (laughs) there might be a few of them Yeah, (laughs) I don't know yeah Will I think there could be if they get a win there could be anything does that that happen in the jungle no does it could yeah never write anything off anything's
0: possible yeah look Daryl we've kept you for long enough mate and you've got a big uh, big week ahead so thank you so much for, for coming on and great to hear Old stories, all the way back to the the days of, of the Keithley Cougars and your time at Sheffield, and right up until this this event for you against Wilco's old boys and, and Flash. Yeah, mm-hmm. just tell Gary Etherington to stop knocking on your door after yes. ten. That's weird. that's <laughs>
2: it's not right. That is it. You're expecting bad news after. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: he's got no concept of time. <laughs> just lurking in a tree outside his window. Um, yeah. I mean, it is amazing, really. Just before we let Daryl go, when you think also modern day super league when when will we see coaches stay at clubs as long as he has in in the future it's it's a it's a rarity isn't it these days yeah, it's incredibly rare and i think
2: it speaks of the volumes of the relationships like he's mentioned uh, that he's built and and that he he, you know clearly understands progress and how people and athletes like to progress as individuals it's nothing worse than standing still and there's one thing castleford haven't done over the last 10 years is stand still it's been a constant progression towards you know competing with the top teams um, and then the big challenge is getting one of those trophies as Daryl's you know well aware of you know you, then it is down to an element of luck and, and fortune on on the day but yeah an in, incredible career at Castleford and, and you know when you're looking at a team like Warrington you know uh Love Steve Price. I think you know he's a great fellow, but you feel like Daryl's philosophy could really make an impact on a club like that that's got all of the resources to do. And
0: look, Daryl, you've got to sell the right things when you join a club. Obviously, you know, like oh, I want to be here and I want to, you know, for years and years and years to come. But realistically, can you see yourself having a decade at a club again?
1: Oh yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I, I mean, it's only eight years. Here. It's, you know, it's not it's not that long. So um, you know, I, I, but I can yeah, I can see. You know, I, I think Castleford's a, a classy club, and uh, Warrior and I, I just think they've got so much class about the way, the way they do things. So, But you never know. I'm moving over there. You move over to the dark side. Oh, so, oh, here we <laughs> go. Here we <laughs> go. Yeah. You, get a call, take... you get a sweaty top lip as soon as you get
2: something. <laughs> I know. <the> <laughs> I'd, yeah,
0: I'll take my umbrella and uh, and, oh, and my come Yorkshire on. flag, come and on. off we go. <laughs> look, you're not even out the door yet, and I'm asking you questions like this, but could, but could you ever see. Yourself going back because you know you, you've met, you've left such a legacy at the jungle.
1: Yeah, oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, somebody asked me about coaching England the uh, the, the other day, and I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I've I've got a job in front of me, and I don't, I just don't believe in looking too far ahead. I don't think there's any need, you know. Otherwise, you you're not committed to what you're doing. So look, I'm going to go and commit myself 100 percent like I always do. Get completely embedded in in the club. It's it's history. Uh, the supporters, everything that they stand for, uh, and and then I'll see where that that takes me. But you know, I want to be hugely successful there, like um, like I always do, and, um, and and then like I say, look, I'm always I'm always open, I'm always open, but, but I've got a three year contract at Warrington, and I'll be really getting stuck into that.
2: Well, if you got a rough location that you're moving to? Gary Etherington's just been on. He said he don't want to be driving around the streets <laughs> yeah. trying to find you. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: your private gates, they've got the gates on. It's not <laughs> in. Get moving some dogs, up. get some big dogs, big rock ones. <laughs> yeah. um, Daryl, top man, really good man for coming on and uh, spending so much time with. Uh, hope we have a great week at, at Wembley. Hope it works out for you. And um, you. we'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Cheers, Daryl. Good luck, good luck so for much. Saturday. Good luck. Cheers. Thank there we you. go. That's Daryl Powell. We'll have a new episode for you every week. Give us a little follow at Out of Your RL on uh, on Twitter, and we shall see you in seven days' time.